Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. All right, how's everybody doing today? Y'all love doing that. Well, uh, we're going to be in James today. And so if you brought your Bibles, you can turn to James chapter 1. If you want to follow along, there's an outline. You can go to our website and find the link, uh, homelandparkbc.org. Click on the first story. It'll show you how to access the notes for today. Or if you have the, the YouVersion Bible app, uh, you can do so as well. But uh, we have people here today in their cars from all over. And we've also got people on Facebook Live. And so wherever you are, let's pray. God, thank you so much for our time together. And as we study your word today, Lord, may you illuminate our hearts and change lives where they need to be changed, Lord. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, today we're going to be talking about keeping on, keeping on. Keeping on, keeping on. That's what we must do. And uh, to do that, we have to make sure that we have a positive attitude, but most of all, that we rely on the Lord for strength. Because without the Lord's strength, that is impossible. And some of us uh, know exactly what that means because we walk in it every single day. So, with that said, the, uh, it's more important now today than ever to make sure that we stay in God's Word. It's now more important than ever to make sure that we are dependent upon what God says. It's more important than ever for us to see what's happening to us in the light of God's will for our lives. So, the thing is, is that in adversity we must have to have strength, right? How do you know you have strength? You may not know it when you're in the middle of something, but strength just kind of happens, and you realize that strength after you've already been through that. So, have you heard about these people that have superhuman feats of strength uh, during times that the regular people can do impossible things? Now, I'm not talking about someone who wears a cape and that can fly, but real people like you and me. I don't know if you know this, but in 2009, there was a man in Kansas that lifted a Mercury sedan off of a six-year-old girl who had been trapped underneath when it backed out over on top of her. That's pretty impressive that that man lifted the car by himself. Then also in 1988, while filming an episode of Magnum P.I., who remembers Magnum P.I., right? The man with the mustache, Tom Selleck, right, now on Blue Bloods. Well, anyway, they were filming Magnum P.I., and the helicopter crashed, pinning someone under it in shallow water. And so this man ran over and lifted that one-ton helicopter up enough by himself that they could pull him out. Now, I can't explain that. Nobody could really explain it. But the thing is, is that when our adrenaline is pumping, there's no telling what we can do. But the feats that I'm talking about today, the feats of strength, these are stories and others like them that are amazing. But the reality is you may never experience a bout of human strength like that. But one thing we can identify with is knowing this, knowing what it means to be rescued. All of us have been rescued at one point or another, whether it be 
literally we we were in a situation someone had to help us or maybe it was just when we became a christian and and jesus came to us and rescued us out of the mess we had made of our life and maybe you're here today and that your life is a mess he will rescue you out of this and yes there are times where we cannot escape and simply have to walk or ride out whatever the scenario is it's causing us stress I don't know if you've ever heard of the Wild Boars uh, athletic team. They were a soccer team back in 2018. They were ages anywhere from 11 to 16, and they were exploring a cave. And they were from Thailand, and while they were in there, they were trapped. They were trapped for like 18 days. They were trapped in that cavern, and they were able to get out. They were able to get medical help, and they were able to live from that. Can you imagine being trapped in a cave for 18 days? If you want to know a little about what it's like, go home, turn all the lights off in your house, get in the smallest closet you have, and stay there for 18 days. I'm sure that that was miserable, but in today's scripture, James, the half-brother of Jesus, who was once a doubter of Jesus and his ministry, he became a believer He became a major influence of Christianity. He helped start the first movement in the church, and eventually he became a martyr for his beliefs in Jesus as the Messiah, his half-brother being the Messiah. So, you may be trapped. You may be clueless to what's going on. You may be like James, even doubted at some point, doubted that Jesus was really who he said he was. But he will reach you where you are. Whether you are watching from your car or from the Internet or wherever you may be or listening to this on a podcast, whatever it may be, God is reaching out to you today, reaching your heart through your car window, right? And the thing is, is that we see is that we need to view our troubles as opportunities, folks. View your troubles as opportunities. I'm sure many of you here today have some troubles that immediately came to your mind when you think that. How do you make them opportunities? Let's look at James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. James writes, this letter is from James, a slave of God. That, that sentence is, or phrase is key. James, a slave of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am writing to the twelve tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. He starts talking about faith and endurance, and he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, yes, any kind, meaning physical troubles, mental troubles, psychological troubles, financial troubles, marriage troubles, relationship troubles, just being stuck in a house with somebody for two months, troubles. When these kind of troubles come against us, he says, For when you know your faith is tested... Your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow when your endurance is fully developed. You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Folks, our faith and endurance will grow when we know, when we know, our faith and endurance will grow if we know who we serve. I apologize to the screen is getting washed out by the sun. So some of this we're just kind of uh, letting the, the Holy Spirit speak. But as we see in this passage, our faith and endurance will grow when we know of whom we serve. 
Notice James begin this. Remember, I told you to make a note of this. As he said, he was a slave of God. And you see, the reason that it was there is because authors, when they would write books, especially the books that were going to be in the Bible, they would make statements like this one because at the beginning of the writings, it would give them credibility. He is saying, by being a slave of God, this is how you can know that what I'm writing is a real deal. I'm not writing about what you should do. I'm writing about what I have done and am doing. You see, uh, we can trust Scripture because the author was serving God, not himself. Even to the point, James served God so well that he even died for Jesus Christ and what he believed. And you see, there is a great comfort in knowing this world. There is a great comfort in knowing in this world that his word is inspired by God himself. And that it was lived out by Jesus Christ, who was a man. That he loved us so much that he lived out the word and he died for our sins. So, my question is, who or what are you a slave to? If you are spending your life on your own desires or any of those or anyone but God, then you are bypassing your source for building your faith and endurance. You see, by placing your faith in someone or something else other than God is short-sighted because everyone and everything eventually fades away. That is a, a depressing thought, but it's the truth. All of these things that we put our faith in, a vehicle will break down. A house will eventually be torn down. These shells of bodies that we live in will fade away one day. Some of our relationships may fade away, but God never fails. God never fades away. He is constant. And God, I don't know who's being responded to by that vehicle. But wherever that vehicle is going, I pray that you keep those people safe that are responding and those that are there responding to you, Lord. May you watch over them. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. And so as we continue, we need to consider troubles of any kind as opportunity to grow. See, this is a hard one because when things will happen to us, sometimes they don't make us happy. You see, life will be difficult. One day it'll be exhilarating, and the next day you're going to think you want to lose your lunch. It's kind of like a good roller coaster ride. Some days you've got the thrill of going up and down, and other days you're upside down and have a, a knot in your stomach. That's what life is. And I've always said to myself that when adversity comes into my life, I can get mad, I can cry, and I can laugh. But I just need to hold on. And my friend, I've done every one of those things in my life. And I'm sure you have too. You and I may not always be happy in adversity. But joy means that we keep on keeping on in adversity. Yes, that's what it means. It means we keep on keeping on in adversity. And now we need to remember that we need to put one foot in front of the other. Not trying to understand. This, this is the hard part, but I learned this clearly in the last couple of years. Sometimes I don't know what's going to be out there two weeks from now, two hours from now, two minutes from now. But when adversity comes, joy means, endurance means, putting one foot in front of the other when you don't understand what's going on. We've all been in that situation where all you're doing is living. 
and surviving. But you're surviving because God is with you. And you see that God says to you, he says, I have not lost control of this pandemic. He says, I have not forgotten you and I have planned for you to get through this. All you got to do is read Romans 8, 28, where it says that we know that all things, everything works together for the good of those that serve him for the good, not for the comfort, not for the understandable, not for the happy, happy, joy, joy. It's for the good of those that happen. You know, sometimes even with children, you have to give them medicine they don't like. You have to give them discipline they don't they don't like. But you know, because you love them, you have to give them those things to which they don't like. It's for their good. And there are waters that God takes us through that it is for our good. It may not feel good, but it is for our good. So God says to you and he says to me, trust me as these trials become opportunities. And the second thing we see is that we need to trust God with all or not at all. Let me say that again. We need to trust God with all or not at all. That's the truth, folks. Either God is God or he's not. Either either you believe what he says or if you try to stay halfway in between, you are in a miserable place because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, God is God, whether you believe it or not. But when it comes to our understanding of what's happening in this world, when it comes to our understanding of what's happening in this pandemic, we got to understand that God is in full control because either he is or he's not. James chapter one, starting with verse five, says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And here's the key. But when you ask him. Be sure your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Folks, it's almost pool season here. Some of you may have a pool at your house or know people that have a pool and you've already got in. But the thing about the pool is, what does everybody do when they, well, not everybody, but most people that have some common sense, and before they get into a pool, especially this time of year, they're going to dip their toe in the end and see what it feels like, right? And then, whoo, that's cold. And then somebody comes by and pushes you in, right? Some of you are crazy out there. I know some of you, especially these, these guys over here, they're just going to jump right in. They don't care what, yeah. They don't care what the temperature is. But the truth is, is folks, if all you do in your faith is tip your toe in the water, you're never going to learn to swim. If you never give God all of your life, you will never know what it means for God to have all of your life. I know that sounds simple, and that's a simple reduction from what this means, but it is the truth. We need to trust God because to not trust God is to not trust him at all. You can't give God a little bit of your faith. You can't give God a little bit of your trust. God didn't give you a little bit of salvation. God didn't give you a, a enough to feel better and then call him in the morning. He gave you it all. He gave you his son, Jesus Christ. So why do we think that he doesn't expect the same thing from us? There must be growth and endurance. And to have growth and endurance... There is a word we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. It's called trust. 
For someone to be rescued, they must trust the rescuer. For someone to learn, they must trust their teacher. For someone, for an athlete to improve, they must trust their coach. And for your faith to grow in adversity, you must trust God with everything. If you're wavering today, if you're, if you're really torn up about something and you're wondering if God's going to do something or if God's not going to do something, my friend, He is going to do whatever He is going to do. It is for your good and it would behoove you and it would be to your benefit to quit going back and forth of that and just jump all in. Because until you do that, you will waver, you will be miserable, and you will struggle. Either God is God or God is not. That's what James is telling us here. The third thing we see is that whatever the situation is, give glory to God. Whatever means whatever. In verses 9 through 11, we see it says, Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has numbered them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower drops and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with their achievements. You see, there were people in the church that James was talking to specifically that thought that their salvation came from their bank account. It came from the amount of livestock that they had. It came from their political prowess. And all of that stuff will be gone on the end, in the end of Judgment Day. We would be wise not to keep our faith in our accomplishments. Folks, life is a circle. Our time here is brief. We must keep on keeping on. Whether you're a teenager here today or whether you are in your later years in life or somewhere in between, we got to keep on keeping on. And I have been blessed by people in our church that are keeping on in the midst of adversity, some for 85, almost 90 years. And I've got other friends here today that are keeping on just to put one foot in front of the other. I applaud you. And I'm telling you that God is going to bless you for this. The last thing we see is that God blesses those who endure, who keep on keeping on. God will bless you. If you just put one foot in front of the other, don't understand, don't be complete with, don't, don't know what's going to happen next. But if you simply just put one foot in front of the other, this is what James says. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. God will bless you. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me, because God never tempts anybody by using wrong. And He never... He never tempts anyone. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires have birth of sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. I do, need, I do not need to say, oh God, please quit tempting me when I walk into Krispy Kreme and, and see the hot donut sign on. That's being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And then all of a sudden your desire say, hey, you don't need one donut. You need a whole dozen of them, right? I mean, who doesn't? 
But then all of a sudden you eat more than you should. And all of a sudden you start feeling bad about it. It wasn't God that put that donut in your mouth. It was your desires and your temptations. Now life is a lot more than donuts. And some have been tempted by things far greater than a donut. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that even in those temptations, even in those trials, even through adversity, whether they be brought to you, they are brought on you by God. You see, I think of Job. Job did nothing wrong. Job was perfect, but Satan, I mean, God mentioned Satan. I mean, excuse me, God mentioned Job and said, you know, have you considered my, so, my servant Job? Job had done nothing wrong, but yet think of the adversity he went through. And it wasn't because he had done something bad, but that God wanted to show his glory through that. Listen to me and listen to me well. All of you, if, if you're looking at your phone or doing, fiddling with the presets of your radio or whatever you're doing, I want you to listen to this. God is using your adversity to bring glory unto himself. I have seen it in my life. I have seen God work through you. I see God working through you. You are a testimony to what God is doing. So don't stop. Keep on keeping on and put one foot in front of the other. Because the testing of our faith brings growth in endurance. I was talking with a friend the other day. We were talking about, man, I just hope we can get back to normal. And the truth of the matter is, is that when I was back to my normal self, I wasn't growing like I'm growing now. I wouldn't give anything to go back to who I was before a time of adversity because the lessons that I've learned and the ministry opportunities that I've had and the benefits that there have been not only in my life but in my marriage and in our ministry and in our friendships have been too many to count. Don't try to keep going back to normal the way it was. There is nothing in the Bible that says God wants you to stay where you are. Comfort. Being comfortable and complacent is not a plan for spiritual growth. My friend, if you are not growing in your faith, your faith is dying. There is nobody staying in one place. And you see, let me ask you a question. Do you know your faith in God is real? How do you know your faith in God is real? I'll tell you when. When it's tested. How do you know the strength of your faith? When it is tested. Many businesses and organizations that have equipment, they have, they have to get that equipment tested every year. So they know that when a situation, when something happens, they need to know that that was tested and certified to be able to do that. You are being tested now for something God wants to do in your future. The test that you have now, he's preparing you for something he wants to do in your future. So, know the difference between a trial and a temptation. Folks, God will never tempt you. God will never ask you to do anything that conflicts with His Word. And you will never know the difference between a trial and temptation unless you are saved, unless you are Spirit-filled, Unless you are read up on the Bible, you are prayed up to God, and you are ready to obey His will. When you are primed, when you know the playbook, you're going to know what to look for. That's how you know the difference between a trial and a testing. James 1, 16 and 18 says, So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters, whatever is good. 
and perfect is a gift coming down from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chooses to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Folks, I want you to remember that when whatever is from God is good and perfect, even if it hurts. Whatever is from God is good and perfect, even if it hurts. Even when you don't understand it, even though you don't want to go through it, and even if it wasn't expected, everything that comes from God is good. Nothing touches us that God does not allow. Because, again, he is either God or he's not. So it means that we may not understand everything, but we know that we must go through it. And we know that God is with us. And you know what? Our circumstances may change. But God never changes. In verse 17, James compares the lights in heaven to shifting shadows. Folks, in our world today, there is light and there is darkness. There is good and evil that influence us all the time. And so if you are lost or confused about what step to take next, yield to Jesus who will bring light into your darkness. And into your situation. Folks, you are God's prized possession. So keep growing in your faith. Maybe some of you here today, you need to take the next step in your faith. Some of you need to take the first step. The first step by saying, I agree that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I agree that I am a sinner and that I fall short. And that because of my sins, I am going to miss heaven and bust hell wide open. I've tried to live on my own life, and I can't keep going on by myself. <coughs> that is you here today, or you watching by video or by audio, listening. I want you to know that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt how to have this kind of keep on keeping on faith. It begins by placing your faith in Jesus Christ and saying, Dear God, come into my life. I accept your son, Jesus Christ, as my Savior. I confess that I am a sinner. Save me and help me to live for you. If you can pray that prayer, you can become a Christian. And if you pray that prayer and mean it, then contact me or contact your pastor. Contact someone you trust with spiritual things and let them know and, and start fleshing that out. Because I don't want it to be like the parable of the four soils where you get a good touchy-feely from the Lord and then you just make a half-hearted commitment and then it just goes away. Today is the day. To claim Christ, either for the first time or the next time. Because we need to endure through these trials and temptations. Yes, one day the coronavirus will be in our rearview mirror. One day we'll talk to our family and friends about the day the coronavirus hit. But now it's still among us. I don't understand it. It's amazing to, to be as prideful as we are. To have the advances in technology that we have. We could put a man on the moon. We're trying to get people to Mars. But yet a tiny little molecule in this flu can take out nations. Folks, we need to keep on keeping on. No man can find comfort in their soul in this pandemic. The way God can give us comfort. And no one can trust anybody in this pandemic more than we can trust God himself. 
My prayer is today, wherever you are at in your spiritual walk, you take James's advice and you keep on keeping on and knowing that these trials will develop your growth and that eventually we all will receive the crown of life that is waiting for us. This is not a game. This is not some make-believe thing. This is real life. And one day you will find out beyond a shadow of a doubt that everything that God said in his word is true. And I pray you're on the right side of it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for our time together. And it is my prayer that, Lord, you would be with anybody here today that wants to accept you as their, their Savior and Lord for the first time. The Lord, they would pray that prayer I just said. They would let me know or let somebody know so we can follow up with them that today would be the day of their salvation. Oh, there's many believers here that are tired and weary. They've been locked in houses. They're going stir crazy. And they don't understand what's going on. That's okay. We don't need to understand. We just need to trust. May you help us in our trust of you today and throw out everything else that we cling to for security. Because you alone are our God. Thank you for this time together. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me just tell you, I have uh, heard from several people in the parking lot today. Hey, preacher, when are we going to be back in the building? Right? Honk, is that your question? Yeah, okay. Wake up. (laughs) I'll give you the honest answer. I don't know. But right now, what we're doing is we, uh, we've got a survey. If you haven't done it yet, you can go to our uh, Facebook page and find the link. You can. It's actually in the sermon notes today. It's just a short questionnaire. It's anonymous, and it asks questions about what do you think we should do. And we're going to take all of those together, and I'm going to meet with the leadership team, and we're going to come up with a plan. We will not be meeting for Mother's Day in the sanctuary. I know it's disappointing We want to honor our mothers, but we honor our mothers by staying alive. We honor our mothers by doing things that are responsible. So uh, maybe by the 17th, maybe by the end of the month, we'll do something. But we're close. So just hang on. Thank you for coming to this drive-in service. And may God bless you richly. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. See you, Facebook Live. Thanks for tuning in.